regardless of your beliefs, regardless of the religion you follow, I want to talk about prayer today. In this video, I'm going to be talking about the 10 truths that I found out in my journey as a Christian over the past 10 years of following Jesus. And before we even jump into the 10 truths, I want to remind you, prayer is not a ritual. It's literally a conversation with the creator of the universe, God himself. Yes, prayer can be confusing, whether you have a different denomination or a different belief system. I understand that. But today I'm going to be talking about the Christian beliefs from the Bible. Um, of some clear truths to benefit you. So let's jump right in. Number one, prayer is the vehicle. It is not the goal. Prayer is the vehicle. It is not the destination or it's the method, not the goal. The reality is prayer, like I said, is a conversation with God. God is actually the destination. We, When we should know this, Jesus is the destination and us and our pursuit towards him and a conversation is getting closer. Imagine this. I'm married to my beautiful wife for almost two years now. If the only thing I wanted from her was things, I just wanted things from her versus just valuing her marriage, her relationship with me, what kind of husband would I be? Similar to what kind of son or daughter are you to God if the only thing that is dependent on your relationship is just the things he gives you or the things that he's challenging you on. So prayer in itself is not the goal. It is not the end-all be-all. It is the strategy to get closer to God. Number two, prayer changes everything. This is how prayer actually connects you to God. Like I said, it is the bridge from you to God, and we know that he will never leave us and forsake us. So he's with us at all times, but prayer connects us to God, and we know God can change anything. So if you are struggling with something or your circumstances are in a place where you actually are, like I said, struggling or in pain or in hurt or grieving of some sort, prayer can be that vehicle to partner with God so God can change your circumstance. Like I said, write this down. Prayer connects you to God and God can change anything. If you believe what the Bible says, you know that God can move in a second. I'm reminded of the scripture where Jesus is walking on the water in the middle of a storm right after feeding a 5,000 and his disciples missed the point of the whole miracle of feeding the 5,000. So Jesus is walking on water next to him. They're scared as we all would be. And he gets in the boat and calms the storm within a moment. What we could do is we could miss that whole point of the scripture and thinking it's about the miracle. It's about Jesus being in the boat with his disciples, calming a storm, bringing peace to their lives because of their relationship with one another. And of course, he takes a nap. Number three, don't ask God to guide your steps if you aren't going to get off the couch. This is super aggressive. I'm sorry, but sorry. And the reality is God is going to give you so solutions to your prayers. And he probably already has, but such a normal prayer to do is God guide me, lead me into blank. You as yourself need to be able to get off the couch, hyperbole, obviously, but you need to get up. You need to actually take st practical steps. Do your part. I'll say that. Just do your part. Do your part and God will absolutely do his. It's the same thing of saying, God, help me lose 20 pounds, but I eat fast food four times a day. It's probably not the most genuine prayer. Let's be honest. 
So you can do only a certain amount of things. You are not God. You would make a very bad God, let's be honest. I would as well. So yes, ask God for wisdom. Ask him to guide your steps. Ask him to lead, go before you, and make sure you're going with him. Do your part. Do the practical pieces that you know that you need to do. Number five, God doesn't do everything for us, but he will do everything through us that he needs to get done. When you gave your life to Jesus, you actually removed all of your plans and preferences and purposes away, and you allowed God to actually fill that gap with everything he wants to get done on his earth. If you don't know, God has given you a specific calling and purpose when you give your life to Jesus, and you are the only one that actually can be the solution on the planet for that specific thing. How cool is that? The creator of the universe actually wants to use you so much though that he's going to remove all the other barriers out of your life so he can get to you. So God doesn't do everything for us. You might be praying prayers, and they're big prayers and bold prayers, and, and you're not seeing a result, and you're wondering, why. You've probably heard this scripture quoted, probably misquoted to be honest, but it says, if you if you pray anything in my name, it shall be done. And the point of that scripture is it's actually God's will. It's Jesus's will for your life. It's not your will. We know that in Jesus's prayer, right? So he's not going to do everything that you are asking him for. What I would recommend to you is actually asking him to show you the things that he wants to do through you. You are a vessel. A vessel is clean and empty, which means you are clean. You are holy. You're made righteous through Jesus Christ. You're also empty. You're open. You're ready for whatever he wants to do. And a person who is available and ready will be used by God. Number five, the way we see God is the way we're going to approach. Him. You might have grown up in a super religious, traditional church, which is great. We all love all the churches, right? And you have a responsibility not to just follow tradition, but to follow truth. The truth of the matter is, like I said, prayer is a conversation. Yes, you can structure it however you want, and God is not going to be mad at you for just having a conversation with Him, being open. And we'll get to that later, but how you view God, your perception of God, is how you're going to pray to Him. Just so you know, God is a loving Father. Yes, He is a Lord. He's a King. And He's a loving father who cares for you and is closer than any friend or brother could possibly ever be. So when you embody this mindset, when you go to into prayer, knowing God loves you, he's for you, he has plans to prosper you, how could we not go to his throne, to his, in your prayer closet or wherever you go in church, be able to thank him and, and thank him and be overwhelmed by the grace and goodness of God because he's been so good to you already. And if you don't, and if you've forgotten that, I want to remind you, he's done so much in your life already. Why would he stop? So go to him, be open, be transparent, have a big smile on your face, knowing God is going to produce the change that he needs for you to be able to be the person he wants you to be. Number six, this is a big one. Don't make prayer about experience or feelings. We know that in moments of worship on a Sunday or a conference, or you have that right specific worship song on, there can actually be feelings produced or emotions or experiences. And those things aren't bad. They're amazing. But do not make your prayer life dependent on that. I once heard, I just pray until I feel it. Well, what happens when you don't feel it? You're not going to feel it in times. You're not going to rise to the level of your ambitions or goals. You're always going to fall to the level of your systems. Have a system in place. I had a great mentor in Sioux Falls, South Dakota always say that he had a, an alarm clock on his phone every single day that would go. And no matter what he did, he would go away and pray for five minutes. What would your life 
look like as a believer in Jesus if you took five minutes a day, undevoted time to just thank him for who he is and admire him and realign your heart towards him. I promise you that would change your life. So create systems in place so that when you don't feel like praying or when you aren't in the mood to pray, it's not going to be dependent on an experience or a feeling, but it actually be dependent on your consistent relationship with him. Next one, God is not grossed out by your honesty. Yes, God does know all your thoughts. He has seen all of your actions the past week. So you don't need to hide anything. That goes all the way back to Genesis 1, right? Adam and Eve sin. They break the covenant they had with God and they hide from him. They cover themselves up, which is a sign of their vulnerability being shut down. They're no longer vulnerable with their creator and they hide from him. And God says, Adam, why are you hiding? Similar to us, the moments where we feel shame, we feel hurt, we feel condemnation, which is not from God. What we do, our response matters. What we should do is we should go back to God. Because if you believe in Jesus, you cannot get away from him. You literally partnered with him and the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. The same spirit that rose Christ from the dead actually lives inside of you. How crazy is that? Which means that power, that resurrection power can resurrect circumstances, can resurrect hope, faith, and peace. So if you need peace in your life, if you feel shame, the only thing you should do, your response should go to God with it because he is the only one who can remove that and actually remind you about who he is and who you are. So he's not, he's not grossed out by your anger. You cussed him out on the shower. God is not offended. He's not going like, oh my gosh, how come Josh called me? He understands. He understands that you as yourself are going on a journey with him for however long you're on earth to become more like his son and to help other people people see his goodness and love through your actions. So be honest with him. There's a lot of pastors that use this acronym, but I think it's super helpful, but just be hot with him. Be humble, open, and transparent. Go in with, go into him with a humility, with honesty, with openness. This is a complete show. There's a level of vulnerability that God only gets and transparency. Just like if you're editing a photo, 100% transparency means you see everything. Next, faith and works are friends. If you're a Christian watching this, you're usually balancing one or the other. You're usually heavily in the faith space or heavily in the works based. And they are not competitors. They're actually friends. They're supposed to work together. They're not competing with one another. So when somebody says faith without works is dead, yes, but works without faith is horrible. We do not have a works-based gospel. It's not who we believe in. We believe in God through faith. We are saved by grace through what? Faith. So the reality is these two things work together. And the only way to get better at this, by the way, is to just go in a relationship with God, be all in and allow him to grow these things in your areas. So faith, yes, have big hopes, have big aspirations, believe God, massive things, and also be a disciplined person and also work hard and also serve your spouse super well. Faith and works are best friends and it's our responsibility to steward both of these things. The second to last one, faith Faith should not cover up your pain. Faith should actually heal your pain. I'll say it like this. Prayer, prayer shouldn't be a place where you cover up pain. Prayer should be the place where you actually find healing. If you're hurting right now, like I said, if you're grieving, if there's something that happened to you 10 years ago that you're still not over yet, the best place to find healing is right in the presence of God. God can heal what a counselor would take 10 years. He can heal it in 10 seconds. And the two reminders all throughout scripture, God will 
will and he can. He's willing and he obviously can do it. Because if he's done it for the people that you've seen online, if he's done it for your friends or your family members, the people that go to church with you, he can do it through you as well. Stop running from God. He loves you. He wants to know all of the details. He already knows, but your level of partnership with him and your relationship with him will determine that human. Go to him as you're grieving the loss of a family member. Just to remind you, God is so familiar with that pain, he actually became it. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane was bleeding blood because of the pain he was about to experience. The anxiety, the fear of what's about to happen, because those things are not sin. They're a feeling and an emotion. He literally became our hurt, became our pain on the cross and three days later resurrected. The resurrection happened literally, and it can happen to you figuratively. The resurrection happens when we allow God to work in us and through us, and us being open and transparent and vulnerable with him. Last one, this is more of an observation from me, pastoring and discipling people, but how you talk to others is usually how you talk to God. If you're a person who talks a lot, if you don't let other people talk, if you don't ask people questions, it's usually how you're going to be in your prayer life. And in the conversations of discipleship, when I ask people, hey, how's your prayer life? I can usually tell by their response because in our conversations, I know guys talk a lot. They do not let me talk or they don't let me speak into something or encourage them. Similar to how sometimes we talk, we go to God and he obviously he isn't mad. He's open and he's patient with us and he, he, we're our kids, right? And his loving response will always outpower you just sharing it. So your prayer life is not a Q&A. It's not a question and answer or question and response with God. He actually wants to communicate to you as well. So you need to give him space to be able to speak into your life. So in your prayer model, however you do it, I would recommend the Acts prayer method, and I'll break that down here in a minute, but go to him and allow him to speak to you. It is not a monologue. It is a dialogue. You know, how you talk to others is usually how you talk to God. I want to help you with a super practical prayer method here. Just to be able to help you from all these 10 tips, but also to take this to be able to practically start praying to God in a very easy, simple way. It's the Acts prayer method. A stands for adoration. Adoration. adoration is reminding God who he is. He already knows who he is, but when we proclaim that out of our mouth, we actually subconsciously are reminded. So God, you are so good. You are so powerful. You are Jehovah Jireh. You're Jehovah Nisi. Whatever you need to do, but continue to just proclaim who God is, his characteristics, what he's done for you already, and proclaiming that. So A is adoration. C is confession. Confession is not sitting in a wooden box talking to another human being. Confession is realigning our hearts. The best way to do this is saying, hey God, there's been moments in my this last week where I just not really followed your way. I know your ways are better, but do you realign my values as a human to what you love? So C is confession. You're just realigning your heart, realigning your personality, your soul, all of you towards God. T, thanksgiving. This is where you thank God for everyone in your life, everything in your life, everything that's happened to you, everything that will happen to you. And this should be the longest, let's be honest. If you run out of things to thank God for, you need to open your eyes because there's so many things that you can be thankful for and you should be thankful for. I always like to say this, if you woke up tomorrow with the only things you thanked God for today, what would you have? T, Thanksgiving. S, supplication. This is where you ask, ask God for things. And this is not a bad thing. Don't feel bad about asking God for things. I once asked a millionaire, hey, how did you get this? He said, I literally asked God. He said, God, give me a million dollars or help me become a millionaire. He's like, why wouldn't I do that? I'd rather ask God for a million and get a hundred thousand and ask God for nothing and get nothing. So 
supplication, ask him for things, ask him for all the needs of your friends, of the people that you love, people in your church. So that's the Acts prayer method. And I hope these 10 truths in the Acts prayer method helps you become a better believer in Jesus and a better son to him because he wants to talk to you. He loves being in communion with you, having conversations. First Thessalonians, Paul is writing to the church saying, hey, pray consistently. Persistent prayers get persistent answers. Occasional prayers get occasional answers. Be a person who prays every second of your existence because God is worthy of that and he's already brought you out so much. Thank you so much for watching this video or listening to this podcast. Seriously, I hope that this will be able to benefit you in any way. If you can, please make sure to like and subscribe this video. I create videos every single week on a lot of different topics. I always like to say I wear a lot of hats, literally and figuratively. But this video, I hope, encourages you to become a better believer in Jesus and a better prayer.